Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, I'm Harriet Minter, and this is the Badass Women's Hour, and it's our final show 400 shows 400 do you have any idea how much hard work that is well yeah you do because you've listened to them and we are so so grateful thank you dear listener for hanging out with us for 400 shows that's mm, not quite 400 hours let's say maybe 350 hours of your life i don't know how much that is in days and weeks but there's probably been something more productive you could have done with it but i am thrilled that you wanted to spend it with us here at badass women's hour instead hope that you have learnt a lot, that you've been inspired by some truly amazing women and that it's made you a little bit more badass along the way. Now the show wouldn't have existed without two incredible women and it wouldn't be our final show if we didn't bring those women back so we could celebrate them and Badass Women's Hour in its entirety. I'm so excited that on today's show we have the original Badass Women. It's Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. Hello, ladies. Don't you need to say it's three women, one hour, and a whole load of badass. Badass. That was how it was back in the day. Back in the day when it was a one-hour show, which we recorded on a Friday morning in that teeny tiny studio in Waterloo. Yeah. Um, being like, what are we doing? We have no idea. And here we are five years later. Mm. I mean, <laughs> let's actually, let's ask this question first. When we started it, can either of you remember what we really wanted to achieve? Matt? Yeah, we just wanted to uh, have a chat and <laughs> have conversations that we weren't hearing. And I think we just wanted to have a good time. I, I wanted free cocktails. That was my thing. I, I think I pushed for pretty much every year to have cocktails on the show in some way, shape, or form. I think that was my personal goal. I think we got Which you achieved multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the goal. That was the goal. Was like, you know, we were always like, where are the women on the radio? Where were the like groups of women? And where were the women having the conversation that we'd had as friends? And like, we just weren't hearing that on mainstream media where we you were sort of getting that on podcasts but you know you weren't on mainstream media so I think it was like yeah this this could be a radio show we've stolen the format off a very famous radio show therefore it should be a radio show I love that we finally admit that we slightly stole the format of a very famous radio show do you think then that we achieved that so we do we have we achieved then if those are the girls have we achieved great chats between ourselves 
getting more women on the radio and bringing more women's conversations into the mainstream media space? So yes, 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 and yes. Uh, you know, I hands down would say that when we started, you know, we had that stat, 4% of radio output was women speaking to women. That has significantly increased, whether that's podcasts like The Receipts or Pressed, you know, that, that three women, specifically three women speaking to each other and having conversations that didn't need to be led by current affairs, that, you know, didn't need to be that combative, well, if there's a guest on, then you have to take an alternative view. We could do a whole show agreeing with each other. We could do a whole show agreeing with our guests because it was our space to just share. And like Em said, have that conversation that we were having over the dinner table. One of the things that I've really enjoyed seeing in the last, like even in the last year or so, is the number of, women who were essentially kind of like I don't want to use this phrase but I can't think of another one so I'm gonna to have to go with it the side chick on mm. some other shows so they were the kind of the woman that was brought in when there was a woman's issue to talk about or if they felt like they wanted to do a fun show they get a girl in but it was always the guy who was hosting and it was his show and it was his name on it and now actually we saw in the shake-up that we saw happen across the BBC, it hasn't so much at LBC, but has happened on ITV and on um, Channel 4, is that actually when they're looking for people to host, the people they want to host are women. And I really love that. Emma, do you think that that then has changed what people are talking about just in general conversations? Definitely. And I think well, what we wanted was more women, not just talking about women issues, women's issues, right? Just women there and hearing different voices. You know, the, the media is influences us so much kind of culturally. And if you're just not seeing different people in different roles, you know, it's not just gender, it's diversity as well. And I just think now, now I definitely feel like in the past couple of years, it really has step changed. I mean, you know, and I think when we did it, we were, we were really pushing boundaries because people weren't doing it. And all credit to talk radio. I don't always agree with some of the stuff that gets broadcast on, on talk radio, but they really did invest in us. They took a pun. They let us have free reign to do our show. And now on a Saturday, they have two black women fronting a show. They've got Trisha, who's co-hosted with us. They've got Eliza, who now has her own show, who's also you know, presented on the show. So now I, you know, we've got a station that's, um, that's creating change. So yeah, it's happening. Um, this wouldn't obviously be a kind of look back show unless of course we talked about favorite moments. Do you have any that kind of, when you think of the show, you instantly think of that moment? Yeah, <laughs> I do. Yes. I do. It was that author, Tomi Adiemi who wrote Children of Blood and Bone. She absolutely blew me away. She was just, she was in the studio. She was mesmerizing to talk to. Her journey as well of being an author, like, you know, she really did just jack everything in and, and 100%, you know, knuckle down to be an author. I think Children of Blood and Bone is, is going to become a movie, certainly when we were talking to her. So I'm on the watch out for that. But she blew me away. That is definitely the one. When you sort of sent the questions, that is definitely the one. And then, you know, I have a list of others. Like Rose McGowan was obviously, mm. you know, an amazing highlight. Um, the Slumflower, Monroe Bergdorf, Trisha, Cindy Gallup. You know, we had some really great people. Like, incredible conversations. 
So one woman who is definitely killing it this year <laughs> is the amazing Tomi Adiyemi. Hello, Tomi. Welcome to the Hi. studio. In the process of writing, that's 18 months of coming up with worlds and characters. <sighs> and yeah. How, how as a writer do you do that whilst also going into the real world? Because it's, it's, it's a fantasy that doesn't exist mixed yeah. with real life, which is been quite hard over the last 18 months yeah and that was the thing because half of the book because the book is this big epic fantasy but it's also an allegory for the modern black experience mm. um and especially in the united states we're really struggling with police brutality um on top of even just civilian killings of black people and bombings of black like spaces and and gun violence on top of that so there's it's a lot and mm -hmm. it's hard to live and that's one of the reasons i wrote the book is because i was feeling very helpless and so writing a story that was like an escape because we're we're in the jungle we're on giant lions where we have this magic but uh, but an escape that was dealing with real issues was therapeutic there's one thought that came to me actually when i so when i sent the girls questions i was like this is what we're going to talk about and i said what's your favorite moment on the show and then i phrased it just slightly different though. i was like what's the thing that comes to mind for you when you think of the show and i realized as i said that, that the thing that comes to mind for me wasn't actually a show we did it was a bit outside so when we were like first launching the show we were promoting it we went and did loads of events and we had a <laughs> hilarious event where we were the guests of honor at the launch of box park croydon that <laughs> I was, was a big moment that. is she gonna say it was a big moment yeah. with the billboard of our image we li literally looked like destiny's child that was hilarious <laughs> was that amazing. was a tough crowd too right that was oh a tough my crowd. god the three we of them us over. sat in the middle of box park trying to have a conversation as everyone's eating their fast food around us like who we are these women it. and why are they talking at us <laughs> i think we nailed it actually I think that was, and Vanessa Senyuke was there as well. Mm -hmm. So we had a bit of a uh, podcast um, mashup, but, but that, that for me, I, I absolutely agree. And there were other live events that we did, you know, how can we forget the very first W Hotel events that we did, um, which was a much more intimate gathering, but you know, we had amazing women on our panels. And the thing that gives me most joy is I now see those women yeah. leading other conversations. So Tommy, for me, really, really stand out. But I, I think about, you know, we gave spaces and, and platforms to so many women where, where that was their first time on the radio. And now they are mainstream radio commentators. I think that's a really beautiful thing that we sort of, we did with intent, right? Because we said mm. we want to have the women that we think are brilliant that maybe people don't know about. But also we did it because we were like, you've come to us with a great story. We really like you. We want to help you out. Yeah. And I, I love that. And we gave them the space, right? So yeah. it wasn't a kind of um, no offence to the beam, but it wasn't you've got 30 seconds to try and get a soundbite out and then you're out of the studio you had time and space to talk through your story and not have us interject you know sometimes much to the producer's um <laughs> hysteria but just letting people speak yeah we got a lot of feedback from people actually that the the interviews that they had on the show that we were you know we weren't hostile guests that we really let them share their story because I guess we didn't really have an an agenda as you know tv shows did our agenda really was to like 
create a platform for people to say what they had to say and to be curious and inquisitive and non-judgmental and I think we got some you know really incredible content from people yeah actually that reminds me I had um a guest on about a year or so ago Hemsley I always want to say Hemo because that's her Instagram name and now I'm like blanking on her actual name but it'll come to me um but she wrote an amazing book called Somebody to Love which is all about the story of her husband coming out as transgender and transitioning to become a woman and she came on Badass Women's Hour and all Alexandra Hemsley that's it all anyone had talked to her about she'd done all the press that week and all anyone had done all anyone had talked to her about was tell me about what it was like to be in a relationship with somebody who's transitioning and that was it that was all anyone to talk about it was just about that debate and I came on and I was like you've got half an hour I want to talk about every aspect of the book and having a baby and what it was like and how you felt and then this happened on the train and then this one. and she sent me a message afterwards just being like honestly I want to say such a huge thank you for letting me talk about yes what was going on with my husband at the time but actually the whole experience yeah and I think that's the difference when you want to have a show which maybe yeah talks about issues and talks about things that are happening but also just really loves the women it's interviewing Mm -hmm. she joins me now to talk about it hi Alex hello (laughs) then the person that took the test very casually um, phoned me and said, um, just just calling to check that you used a donor egg when you got pregnant. And I said, no, I definitely didn't. Because as anyone who's ever had IVF knows, yeah. the bit where you get the eggs is the painful, elaborate bit with all the <laughs> needles and injections and hormones. And you that, that is not something that you accidentally swap for a donor egg. <laughs> Um, she told me I shared no DNA with the, my, with the child that I was carrying, which raised in almost infinite um, questions, um, sort of ethically, scientifically, legally. It could have been a child which was with my ex and someone else, or it could have been Gosh. two other people entirely. child. Where was our embryo? It was our last embryo that we'd made. Had it been used by someone else and was was that child born and wandering around while we'd been trying all the other embryos it was just absolutely mind-spinningly confusing about um what being a mother is and what parenthood is and what pregnancy even is on some levels but I think that was always a, a, a source of tension. You know, we went from being a live event to being a podcast to then being a live radio show. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a tension in terms of, you know, what traditional radio is yeah. versus a podcast. And, you know, there was always a tension for us there in terms of what the radio needed. You've got ad breaks, things like that to think about versus what you might want to do on a podcast. So I think we sort of were, were podcasts on a radio platform in some ways, weren't we? Mm-hmm. So I think that's why our conversations were different. And also, we didn't really have an agenda to be a, a radio show. We had an agenda to tell stories yeah. and to learn from people. And, you know, I think that's what made our show quite unique. I think that's a really, actually, it's a really good lesson, isn't it? It's not the what you do, it's why you're doing it. Let why you're doing it define what you do. That's a little learning from the show that I'm going to take away. <laughs> going neatly into my next section. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What have you learned? What have you learned from this experience from creating Badass Women's Hour from the show itself? Matt? So for me, it's, you know, it's a great skill to being able to speak off the cuff. And after, you know, doing it one hour, three hours every week, I am so well-versed in doing so many other forms of, of broadcast. That's a personal learning for me. You know, we used to have a segment called Backdata Badass, and there were women in history that were forgotten and we do our discoveries and find these amazing women. And the, one of the women that we found who went traveling around the world on a sort of an early stage bike with a pistol in her purse. And this was in the, this was the early 1900s. And, you know, those are not the stories that were told about what women did in the 1900s, but she was like, well, I'm just gonna get on my bike, put a gun in my bag. So that segment always filled me with joy. And also our badass principles at the end of each show. So it wasn't just about the conversations and us listening to all of our, our guests. It was also us sharing our little wisdom tidbits at the end of, of each episode. And I do think that there is, you know, there is a movement now of people trying to empower and share, you know, positive thoughts with an audience. So I'd like to say that we pioneered uh, a lot of that. You totally did. Totally pioneered it. I love that. Um, I like the nice pioneering link there between women on a bicycle with a pistol in the pioneer time and us. <laughs> Very similar. Yeah. <laughs> Emma, what did you learn? I learned how to get over imposter syndrome because, like, this was Natalie's kind of concept. H, you were always doing this kind of stuff. I was just kind of here for the ride because it's just fun. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, why not? And like, you know, obviously, you know, rabid feminist that I am, any opportunity to talk about, you know, gender at the time, I was right on it. But I've got to say, especially when, not so much from a podcast, but when we became a radio show, I had raging imposter syndrome. And I felt a little bit ungrateful because there were so many people working behind the scenes that just loved radio, you know, really probably wanted their own show one day. And and I just felt like I hadn't really worked for it. And I really, 
I really had imposter syndrome. I think I turned up every week to those live shows expecting it to be the last show. And then I think towards <laughs> towards the end, I was I really like tried to stay in a place of like, oh well, I'm just having some fun. If it's my last show, it's my last show. If they fire me, it's fine. But yeah, it was it was hard. It was hard to be there. It felt like we got there fairly easily, but I know we didn't. I know we all three of us have worked extremely hard to, to do what we could do, to have the confidence, to be able to communicate, to have the network of people. But it just felt a bit easy and and I felt like, yeah, I had raging imposter syndrome. Do you think we ever get over that it's too easy, therefore it can't be right here? Because I find that I'll like get over it for one thing and then I'll go and do something else. I'll be like, oh, it's back. I think I'm trying to embrace it, right? I'm trying to see it not as in, not label it imposter syndrome, but just label it out of your comfort zone syndrome, really, because that's all it is, right? And that's the space I want to be in because you learn so much when you're doing something new. And, you know, like what better way to become an expert at something than to actually do it? Like nobody's born an expert in anything. So I'm trying to get over it because it's boring. See, I see it slightly differently. I, I, and we had this conversation about the ease. It was easy because we spotted a gap and we had a moment and we told the people that could make something happen what we wanted unequivocally and we put in the work every week without being paid we showed up we recorded a podcast we did our best we were well researched well rehearsed and that's what got us to the place where we got a live show and so it feels easy but that's just because we were doing something that we loved and putting in the work and pulling everything we needed to happen we were pulling it in around us that for me is the lesson in in whatever we want to do in this life find the people that can say yes show up even when you're not being paid being paid is being is obviously great but show up anyway if you love doing it and then when the opportunity to jump to you know the big league i.e the three-hour show appears say yes because we could have said no right three hours every Saturday for the foreseeable, no holidays. You know, we were all running our own businesses and going away as much as we wanted to and putting a stop to all of that without knowing what would come of it takes guts. And we, we jumped into it wholeheartedly. Well yes, we us. did. Yes, well done us. <laughs> this is the Badass Women's Hour podcast. Now, you two amazing women have obviously been away from the show for a little bit, doing your own things. Let's give everybody a little update on what you've been doing and maybe what you've learned in the last year. What have new projects taught you? Emma, you've had a whole rebrand. I'm so excited by you. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. What the past year? I, I feel like the past 12 months has been like a massive lesson in building resilience. So yeah, my, my decision to quit the show was was more that I wanted to just double down on my businesses. My timing was absolutely awful because it was just as the pandemic hit and I was like, <laughs> really gonna done with the show. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of it's been about getting a business to survive and, and being really focused on that. And yeah, we completely renamed and rebrand, rebranded. I mean, I, I really made peace. I thought the show, I thought that the business was gonna die and uh, it didn't so now I'm full throttle you know back on it building that up um, set up another business that was a, a marketing initiative so I now have some awards for in-house creative teams so yeah just very focused on trying to be a badass businesswoman really and uh and ride out a pandemic. <laughs> Do you think that focus 
I mean, I always think you've been quite focused, but do you think you've got more of it this year? Uh, yeah, I don't think I've been focused at all, actually, to be honest. Quitting the show was was one of my steps towards being focused. You know, it was quite a big deal. I loved doing the show, you know, it was it was fun. But, you know, you, you've come to a point in time where you've only got so much time, you've only got so much energy. And, you know, I'm really learning the value of, of really knuckling down and focusing on one thing. And it's, it's definitely having a difference. And also, it's just giving me a bit more playtime, you know, like, it's just not quite nice to have a weekend where there's no work, you know, it's sort of getting no, to the weekend, weekend, working. So, yeah, I think um, it's great to do a variety of things, but I think it comes to a point where you have to go, actually, what am I going to double down on? What is the thing that I feel most motivated by that I'm going to put everything into for the next couple of years and see where that pays off? Love that. Very good advice. Now, how have things been for you? She got a really big job just after leaving the show well I got it before the show which is one of the reasons that um I stepped back from the show so there was the job uh becoming CEO of Baloo which for anyone that doesn't know is an ethical drinks business um and I didn't know there was a pandemic coming and so I stepped into that role and literally sales flatlined overnight so it would have been close to impossible for me to do that executive job and have the radio show and my boards. And I was also moving to Hove at that point because I'd put in an offer on a property. Yeah. Uh, and so it was that that total um, life shift. And you also know a moment when something has come to an end. I didn't have three hours of energetic curiosity or interest to give. I had fleeting moments, but I didn't have it in the same way that I did, um, you know, in year one, two. And I think that's a, a really useful lesson for people just because something is amazing and it's a privilege to do. And I do believe that mm-hmm. the show is an absolute privilege. If you can't show up as your best version of yourself, then it means it's time to, to move on and create space for other people. Um, so the last year has been about the reset in my own life obviously with the pandemic we've been locked in for a while but I now live by the sea I'm dating so for anyone who's been following the journey over this show I have not dated (laughs) (laughs) I the badass woman's hour season um I'm I'm dating I live in Hove you know I'm running an amazing business I'm doing less I'm doing so much less than I was uh, when we started and even when we finished and it's just really nice to be able to take a step back I love this idea of doing less mm. but I actually wrote in my newsletter today about how I've become almost like afraid of doing less so I said to myself I need to because I can take three weeks off in August and I actually said um, to my boyfriend I'm going to take three weeks off and so what I'm going to do is like for the first week I'm just going to like read you know just go go to some galleries like chill out and then I'm going to come up with a book proposal and I think I might pitch a documentary (laughs) it's like that's not time off no No. how have you got into that because you are a woman who is always doing a thousand fifty things so I'm sure doing less is still a good 572 but how did you get into the zone of doing less no Emma will tell you I I just decided one day I'm just doing less and I really am doing less I'm you know I've gone from doing let's say 10 11 Mm. executive non-executive things to four or five 
which means I have my evenings to myself. I have my weekends to myself. I can go on holiday and actually be on holiday. And I don't feel the need to develop anything new. I don't feel the need to launch anything. I am not chasing anything. I don't feel the need to be in a room. I'm not someone that has FOMO from a going out perspective because I'm an introvert but I don't feel the need to be at every sort of businessy awards event or a network I just don't care and that's partly pandemic but it's also just being a stage in my life where I have earned the right to just be really good great amazing at a couple of things as opposed to trying to do it all love that love that ladies let's finish by reviving the badass principles so this is our last show We've had some beautiful loyal listeners who have been with us for the past five years. A piece of wisdom that you would like to leave them with. One thing you would like them to know. Stay curious. I think it was curiosity that basically, you know, helped us have the best conversations. And I think in the world that we're living in now, you have to stay curious, keep asking questions, keep wanting to find out. So that's my badass principle. Love it. I forgot the badass principle is always two words. Yes, is it? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Matt. Emma stole mine. Um, So I'm going to go with live love. And that is because, you know, post-pandemic, I think people really honing honing in on what it is they love to do, what it is they love about life, who they love around them, and spending as much time living that is as important as as anything else you just say that because you've got a boyfriend now (laughs) I don't have a boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) I have a lovely wife by the sea (laughs) (laughs) I am gonna say uh we should probably finish with when in doubt be a little bit more badass Mm. uh we all have it within us and there's something about (laughs) Just sometimes when you've got a bit of imposter syndrome or it feels like it's not quite going to plan, just reach down, pull it up and remember that all of us are truly badass women. Thank you, ladies. I've oh, thanks, H. It's been lovely. So this has been the Badass Women's Hour. It's been an absolute privilege to hang out with you all for 400 episodes. Thank you for staying with us. If you love the show and you've liked listening to me and you want to hear more, I would be thrilled if you'd come follow me and talk to me on social media. At Harriet Minter on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Maybe I'll have started a TikTok by the time you listen to this. Who knows? Uh, But do come and chat. I'm going to miss you. Join me on my next podcast where I'll try to unravel the knotty problem of work in the future. The days of everyone having their own desk and everyone being there Monday to Friday, nine to five, are long gone. It could be a really positive opportunity for employers to just revisit what they expect from their employees and just how important having an office space is. What I hope doesn't happen is that a lot of these decisions are made purely on cost. So employers see it as an opportunity to cut some costs without pushing any of that saving back onto the employees that's coming in the autumn that's all from us here at badass women's hour i have loved doing the show thank you for listening
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 